think uh, you had your dad talking to Father's Day here with you as well. Thank you. Thank you. Well, one of my favorite memories of my dad, I've shared this before, but uh, uh, this is the third Father's Day that he's been enjoying his heavenly reward face-to-face with Jesus. But um, I was pitching Little League, so I was either 11 or 12 years old at the time, and uh, I was down playing basketball at Mark Bando's house, a couple houses down, when the girl next door named Patty started throwing rocks at Mark and I. And uh, at that age, that means Patty had a crush on Mark, so the way you get their attention is you throw rocks at them. Anyway, um, I recall Mark and I yelling at her, quit throwing rocks, and she didn't. And sure enough, when I wasn't looking, she caught me in the forehead with a pretty good-sized rock. And now I'm bleeding Uh, And I wish I could report to you that I turned the other cheek. I shared the gospel with Patty. She (laughs) prayed the sinner's prayer. (laughs) It's not what I did. I located a rock of my own. I took dead aim. And I was pitching Little League. I was pretty accurate at that time. I hit Patty in the head with my own rock. So she goes screaming bloody murder into her house next door. And here in my mind, I'm figuring, you know, we're both bleeding, all square, even Stephen, right? So Mark and I go back to playing basketball, and it's the next scene. Fifty years plus ago, I can still see this playing over in my head. I hear this terrible screaming, yelling, profanity, and now coming my way is Patty's mother, and she's chasing me with a broom in her hand. True story. Uh, So I was pretty quick in those days, so I wasn't just going to let her uh, wail me upside the head, so I start running towards home, and no kidding, it felt like the Wicked Witch of the West was right on my heels, And she was doing her best. She was swinging away at me while I'm running. She's shouting obscenities, trying to knock me upside the head with her broom. And then the sweetest sight on earth came into view. My dad was in the driveway washing the car. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. So guess what I did? Any guesses? I I buzzed right up, right next to Dad. Hi, Dad. Uh, And and sure enough, Patty's mom is right on my heels. And just as she's about to crack me upside the head, Dad catches the broom and says, What's going on here? And Patty's mom, she's shouting, He just hit my daughter with a rock. And without even asking me what happened, he asked her, What did Patty do to him? And I'm thinking, great question, Dad. (laughs) Great question. Uh, So I answer now. I said, hey, Dad, she threw the rock first. And look, I'm still bleeding here. And, And I recall the wicked witch left Oz, still muttering, went back home. And I recall running inside and and. 
praising my father to my mother. Oh, you can't believe it. Dad saved the day. Dad caught the broom. Dad sent her home. That's a good memory for me 50 years plus later. Not, please don't understand, not because I got revenge and didn't get in trouble. It's a good memory for me because my dad stood up for me. That's why. My dad protected me. My, my dad stood there and supported me in a time of trouble. And I really was. Uh, I think I, anyway. Uh, that's what dads are called to do for their children. To protect, to provide, to support, to encourage, uh, to really provide an atmosphere of love and acceptance. So, that's my vivid memory story of my dad being there for me when I was scared spitless. I was about to eat the bristles of a broom and dad protected me. That, that's a really good memory for me. Sadly, however, our fathers aren't always there. They're not always around when we're facing life's fears. They're, they're not always there to make us feel safe and secure and protected and loved. My dad's gone. He's been three years now almost with, with Jesus. Some of us here this morning, here's the truth, are facing situations that make us feel insecure. Some of you here today, some of you there in the balcony, you're facing dangerous, fearful situations and sometimes we feel all alone. And if I just took uh, the portable mic right now and went around, I think we could have the rest of our service just sharing those situations that we all face. And, and it's hard and it's painful and it's scary. Uh, and I think there'd be lots of different, uh, of a wide variety of answers of what's going on. Some of us might say, I, I'm, I'm fearful I, I've got a loved one that's not doing well right now. Uh, I've got a husband, a wife, a child, a parent, a friend, and I'm afraid I might lose them. Some of us here, you're in financial uh, challenging time, and you're afraid you might lose your home. You might lose your savings. You might lose your job. Some of us, might say, you know, I'm, I'm afraid of getting old. I'm losing my sight. I'm losing my hearing, my mobility, my mind. Some of us are saying, I'm afraid I might get left all alone. Maybe put in a nursing home. The number one fear, did you know, in every culture, this has been for decades, is the fear of dying. That's the number one fear across all cultures facing a terminal illness, and dying. And here's the reality. Some of us, we're facing situations and we're, we don't have a dad that's going to come and protect us. We don't have an earthly dad that will be there washing the car, ready to save us when the witch with the broom comes after us. So, so here's my question. Where do we go? What are we supposed to do? How do we face the fears of life in a world that honestly I believe is getting scarier by the day? 
So, so what do we do? This morning, we're going to be reminded, listen close, our Heavenly Father and His awesome Son, Jesus, are always walking by our side, whatever we face. Isn't that good? Whatever you're facing, whatever's going on, our Heavenly Father knows exactly what He's doing, and we have direct access to His power, His wisdom, His presence. Right with us is our Heavenly Daddy. He's adopted us into His heavenly family, His forever family, and even though you might feel like you're alone, give me your eyes, we're never alone. (laughs) If you know Jesus personally, you're never alone. And you never will be alone for all the days of your life and what comes after. That's the message that I have for you this morning. Would you locate with me on your phone in your Bible the 8th chapter of Romans? God's inspired book uh, tells us when we're afraid, when things are going pretty poorly, when you're in a valley... Henry, what are we supposed to do? Uh, You look for your heavenly dad and you cry out to him. Would you stand with me if you're able? Romans chapter 8. We're going to read verses 11 to 17. Romans chapter 8. Read with me, please. The Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. And just as God raised Christ Jesus from the dead... He will give life to your mortal bodies by this same Spirit living within you. Therefore, dear brothers and sisters, you have no obligation to do what your sinful nature urges you to do. For if you live by its dictates, you will die. But if through the power of the Spirit you put to death the deeds of your sinful nature, you will live. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. So you have not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Instead, you received God's Spirit when He adopted you as His own children. Now we call Him Abba, Father, for His Spirit joins with our spirit to affirm that we are God's children. And since we are His children... We are His heirs. In fact, together with Christ, we are heirs of God's glory. But if we are to share His glory, we must also share His suffering. Let's pray. Lord, thank You for Your book, Your inspired manual for life. And Lord, I pray that these words we just read will get impressed on our minds on our hearts, on our wills, on our spirits. Lord, we need to align our lives with your book. So would you help us to do that today? Some of us right now, some of my friends here, are in the middle of a really scary, painful situation. So I want to pray specifically for them. You know who they are, Lord. They're they're in a valley And I pray that today you'll make it clear what they should do and who they should cry out to in this situation. We invite your spirit now, Lord, to take charge today in your church. This is your church. 
And Lord, we uh, invite your word and your spirit to come today and powerfully change us from the inside out. Make us different people as we exit the doors here today. And all the church family at Wallow Lake said with one united voice, you can be seated. If you back up on your phone, in your Bibles, to uh, Romans 7, verses 14 to 25, a very interesting section Paul explains. Uh, He's just honestly saying we all still battle We all still struggle with our old sinful flesh. And and that section there, it's just honest. And he writes, uh, verse 24, Oh, what a miserable man I am when I allow my old sinful flesh to rule and reign. I am a miserable, sad person dominated by sin and death. But then look at verse 1, chapter 8. Everything changes because he's reminded, but thanks be to God that Christ Jesus has covered our sin debt. Just let that soak in. Jesus has covered our lives with his shed blood on the cross. We still struggle. We still do battle with sin and Satan and the flesh, but the condemnation is gone. Got that? The condemning uh, past, present, future, Jesus frees us from all condemnation. And he provides us with the power to live strong for him. Look at verse 11. I've shared this uh, the last few weeks. It's It's a marvelous reminder. It's encouraging when you see verse 11. We started with this verse. The Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead, lives in you. And just as God raised Christ Jesus from the dead, He'll give life to your mortal bodies by this same Spirit living within who? Okay? We'll we'll give you another run at that, okay? Uh, He'll give life to your mortal bodies by this same Spirit living within who? You. Me. Yeah. No power shortage in the kingdom of Jesus Christ. So if there's missing power, it's not because it's not available. All the power we'll ever need is available to us. And where does that power source reside? Point to where the power source resides. It's right here. It lives within all followers of Jesus Christ. The power to live the Christian life. Therefore, therefore, look at verse 12. Therefore, dear brothers and sisters, you have no obligation to do what your sinful nature urges you to do. Okay? Just an acknowledgement, just very real. We all still struggle with our old sin nature. Okay? But Jesus has wiped clean our sin debt with his shed blood. And now, verse 11, we have the greatest power in all the universe living right here. Okay? Living right inside of us. Now go back to verse 12. Therefore, we have an obligation. 
And the obligation is not to the old, sinful, selfish flesh. Jesus frees us from being enslaved to sin. Is that not good news? So the chains have been broken. It's, it's now, I'm not obligated to sin anymore. Now I'm freed to live strong for Jesus. Verse 13. For if you live by its dictates, the sin nature... You will die. But if through the power of the Spirit you put to death the deeds of your sinful nature, you will live. Now that's a little sobering, verse 13. Uh, The people whose lives are daily dominated by the old sinful flesh will die. They're in their sin, and he's not talking physical death here, because everybody's going to die. All of us, eventually, our brains will quit waving, our hearts will quit beating, okay? Paul's writing to Christians here. He's writing here to the church at Rome. He's writing to the church at Walloon. And he's talking about being dead spiritually, okay? When the Holy Spirit, Jesus in us, is not invited to take charge of us, then it's absent and missing in action. And that takes us back to Romans 7, 14 to 25. There's lots of ugliness when we don't allow Jesus and His Spirit to control us. So when our old sinful natures are dominating and controlling our lives, bad stuff happens. Okay, Paul is telling us there's a secret to the Christian life. Lean in, okay? You want to write this down. There's a secret to living victoriously the Christian life. We who know Jesus personally and are filled with the Holy Spirit, we no longer are obligated to our old sinful natures. It's like, Dick, did you ever have a a really nasty boss? Someone that you, no one liked him? Okay? And now you quit that job and now you have a great boss and now your old boss calls you up and starts ordering you around. And now you could say, excuse me, but I don't work for you anymore. I got a new boss and he's great. So we're not working for you anymore, sin, Satan, and death. I got a new boss. I'm working for Jesus now. You understand? That's what he's talking about. Working and living for sin and Satan and the old sinful flesh, it kills marriages, it kills friendships, it kills us emotionally, it will kill us in our relationship with Christ. It will kill us spiritually. Back to the text, verse 14. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. I'm going to say that again. For all of us, who are led by the Spirit of God, we're children. We belong to God's family. When the Holy Spirit living inside of us begins to dominate and control our lives, it shows the world who we belong to. When Jesus is working through us, through His Spirit in us, everybody sees the fruit of the Spirit. We are living like children of the king we belong to. We're a part of his family. Verse 15. So, you've not received a spirit 
that makes you fearful slaves. You've not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Instead, you receive God's spirit when he adopted you as his own children. Now we call him what? Abba Father, Abba Daddy. Isn't this practical? This is so practical. Before we said yes to Jesus by faith, we lived as fearful slaves. We had no choice but to sin. That's the only thing we could do. Fear used to be our master. Fear used to be our owner and our boss. The only thing we could do is sin and live in fear. That's the truth. Afraid of what? Afraid of physical death. Afraid of judgment. Afraid of spiritual death. Afraid of everything in our lives. Losing family. Losing riches. Afraid of sickness. You name it. We are living in a fearful world. Verse 15, look at it. But when the Spirit of Jesus takes up residence in us, Jesus empowers us to no longer live in fear. It's, it's powerful. I'm not a fearful slave anymore. Used to be all I could do was sin and live in fear. That's not true anymore. Even when the worst happens, track with me here. Even when the worst things happen in our lives, I'm telling you, when, when it says cancer stage 4 terminal, no treatments available. When we get that call, someone we loved is in an awful car accident. What if I get the newest variant of the latest virus? What if the worst happens? Give me your eyes. I've got an Abba Daddy right here with me, and so do you. If the worst happens... Jesus says, I'm going to walk through the deepest valleys with you. No matter what you face, I'm going to be right there with you. And I've got the power that you need to survive all those deep fears and troubles that you have. I've adopted you into my forever family. And I'm telling you what, even if the worst happens, are you ready? And, and, and I breathe my last breath out. You want to do that with me? Let's do it. Breathe out. Okay, now breathe in. That's new uh, heavenly oxygen with Jesus right now. Do you understand? So, so if the worst happens, the next breath, you're with the Lord Jesus. That, that's the worst that can happen to us. And I'm telling you, that's far better. That's what Paul says. Go back to the text. Verse 16, Romans chapter 8. Here, here's what it says. For his spirit joins with our spirit to affirm that we are God's children, verse 17. And since we are his children, we are his heirs. In fact, together with Christ, we're heirs of God's glory. But if you're a share of his glory, then we're also going to share in his suffering. Okay, that, That's the challenging side. But, but I want you to see something. God's book is shouting something at us. Okay? So let's go through it real fast here. Five times, here's what he says. Verse 14, you and I who know Christ, we're now sons and daughters of God Almighty. Sons and daughters of God Almighty. Verse 15, we've received a spirit of sonship, of daughtership. Verse 15, when we're afraid, we go running to Abba, Father. We go running 
to Papa, our Heavenly Father. 4, verse 16, we're now members of God's royal chosen family. We're related to royalty. And oh, by the way, not some second-rate, unknown, distant country. We're related to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Verse 17, number 5, we're children who are heirs. An awesome inheritance, co-heirs with Christ, we share in the glory of King Jesus. I'm telling you, this is awesome stuff. All about our Heavenly Father. Five times, God's Word tells us again and again and again and again and again, you're loved, you're accepted, you're secure, you're a member of my royal family, and it's almost like he knew we were going to be a little slow to grasp that, Jose. We're not, oh, he says it so many times, let it sink in, I'm a member of God's chosen family. Now, sometimes um, it's helpful for us to say it out loud. Then I hear myself saying it out loud, and I'm hearing other members of the church family saying, this is true, this is who I am, this is my new identity, my new position. So Dan, let's put those up here. Here's five facts, and I want you to repeat after me, okay? And say it with boldness and strength. I am a child of the King of Kings. I am an heir of the creator of the cosmos. I am a co-heir with Jesus Christ. Nothing can separate me from Christ's love. The power that raised Jesus from the dead lives in me. Lives in me lives in me. I'm telling you what, if you'll get those on your hard drive, <laughs> if you'll get those settled and that's the foundation of your life, it'll get you through whatever comes your way. It really will. Whatever comes our way. Here's what uh, Paul wrote, Ephesians 1, verse 3. Put this up here for us, Dan. All praise to God the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who's blessed us with Every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms because we're united with His Son, Jesus Christ. Every, how, how many blessings has our Abba Daddy given us? How many? Every one. Every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realm. Okay? How many blessings are missing? How many? Zip. Nada. N nothing. Nothing's missing. So here's my question. Are you struggling with anxiety here today? We're heirs to the courage and the boldness of Jesus Christ. Are you battling depression and doubt? Why not ask King Jesus to help you, to help me in my time of need? Jesus, I need your holy calmness, your holy peace. I need your joy, your holy optimism right now in this situation I'm facing. Are you confused about what to do next? Is there a little bit of chaos? You don't know what to do? Hey, member of God's forever family, ask for wisdom. 
Ask the Lord, go running boldly, and it will be given to you, James chapter 1, verse 5. Any of you struggling with an addiction right now? You know what? You'd be surprised, statistically, the majority of us here have some entangling, besetting sin going on in our life, and it's got us by the throat. And we're thinking, I, I, I don't think I, I'm going to make it out of this. Some of us, it's pornography. Some of us, it's alcohol. Some of us, it's some form of drug addiction. Some of us, we eat too much. Some of us, we spend too much. I'm telling you, if that's you here today, 1 Corinthians 10, verse 13. If you are a beloved child of King Jesus... Ask the Lord and He'll show you your way of escape. Is that not good? So whatever you're facing, He says, just ask. I'll show you how you can overcome that temptation. Whatever it is. What's a Jesus follower supposed to do? What, what is it? Uh, is the Father's remedy to fear and pain and trouble and addiction, what is God's remedy? And I'm going to give you the answer. We'll put it up here. Here it is. Remember who you are. <laughs> Remember who you belong to. Remember who's walking through the valley with you. And remember the power and the wisdom that's available. Here's what you got to know. we gotta, we got to know it. And then we need to start speaking it. And then we need to start living it out. We are victorious children of the king of the universe. Isn't that good? We're the victorious kids of the king of kings and the lord of lords. And instead, so often, here's what C.S. Lewis said, let's not be satisfied making mud pies in the sewer. And, and that's how we're living. Well, this is fun. No, it's no. Let's begin living and speaking and thinking in alignment with our place and our Father's eternal family. We have an inheritance. Listen, and it's not just forever after you die. Your inheritance starts now. Do you understand? Your 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 position in Christ. Your new identity began the moment you said yes to Jesus Christ. It's our challenge. We have an inheritance that begins now. God's grace, His mercy, His power is for today. Today. There was an experiment done with northern pike. Anybody ever caught a northern pike? Anyway, they had these huge tanks... <clears throat> and what they did was they put a, a piece of glass and, uh, and they put all the, the pike on one side, piece of glass, and then the other side of the tank was empty. And the pike kept running into the glass. And, and they'd run into the glass, and they'd run into the glass. And after a while, what did the pike say in their little heads? I'm not, I'm not going to try to go on the other side of the tank anymore. That hurts. Here's, here's the part of the experiment that's interesting. 
Then they pulled the glass out. Guess where the pike stayed? <laughs> they, said, they, they didn't mess with the other side because they had learned that hurts to try to go over to the other side. And they just stayed on their half of the tank. Listen closely. Some of us, we're just staying over here on this side of the tank. And, and we're making mud pies in the sewer. And we're saying, I think this is all there is. Can I tell you something? Jesus has raised and torn the curtain. And now in Jesus, we have the power to live with who we are. Adopted, loved, secure children of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. My challenge to all of us, let's start taking advantage of who we are in Christ. We have a Heavenly Father, uh, a Daddy, a Papa who loves us and wants us to live victorious, fruitful lives. And He's given us all the power, all the blessings to make that possible. Come on to the other side of the tank. <laughs> Come on and, and begin enjoying your new inheritance, your new identity, your new position in Christ. Bow your heads as we close. Lord, uh, I just want to say thank you for taking our place on the cross and shedding your blood and wiping our sin debt clean on the cross of Calvary. And we rejoice in our new identity, our new position, the freedom, the new life that we now have because of what your son Jesus has done for us and is doing in and through us. Help us to remember who we are. And Lord, when fear and pain and trouble come knocking at the door in this next week ahead, and they will. Would you empower us to look to you and your spirit and your book for direction and the strength to do it your way? To live strong for you? And I pray for those who are here in person. I pray for those who are watching online, who are still orphans. They're orphans because they have yet to say yes to Jesus and the cross and the shed blood and the empty tomb. And if you've not said yes yet to Jesus, I do. My prayers, you might realize how awesome it is to know Jesus personally. To have him working and empowering and, and crushing fear and crushing temptation whenever it comes our way. That power is there. Anybody here in person, would you say, I'm ready to say I do to you, Jesus? Anybody watching online, I, I'm ready to say yes to Christ. Well, how do you do that? Are you ready? The gospel is made of facts. It's, it's, it's the facts of the gospel. Jesus left the glory and splendor of heaven, took on a human body, lived a sinless life, 
took your place and mine on the cross. Jesus, I, I believe that fact for me. Jesus willingly allowed his blood to be shed for my sin problem, for yours. Jesus, I believe that fact. Jesus, I believe you took my place in the grave, dead. I believe that. And Jesus, I believe that early Sunday morning you didn't stay dead, but you arose victoriously for me. You defeated sin and Satan and death, and I believe that fact. So those are the facts. That's the first step. But the key is now to welcome Jesus into your life. I believe those facts are for me. And right now, Jesus, I receive you into my life. I open the door of my life. Come on in. Save me. Make me new. Take charge of my life. If you're here today, make your way over to the prayer corner. We'll celebrate with you. If you're watching online, hit that request prayer button. We'll have a private conversation with you. And we'll get you going on your journey with Christ. Thank you, Lord, for allowing us to know exactly who we are because of your son, Jesus. And help us start living in alignment with our new identity and our new position. We love you. We're grateful again for your book that tells us exactly what it is we can believe and receive now today. Thank you again for uh, this opportunity to worship with the church family, your son Jesus. It's in his name we pray all these things. Amen.